Welcome to another round, the podcast that gives you an insight into brewing. My name is Yunidar, and today we're heading to Norfolk, Virginia, where we today we'll be talking to the founder of Secret Hopper and craft beer professionals, Andrew Kaplan. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be here, but I wish I was in Norway with you. Yeah, and having a beer. That's uh, It's the morning where you are, but it's afternoon here, so it's a perfect time for a beer, I think. <laughs> well, if you crack one, I won't be mad. I just might be a little jealous. Yeah. All right, well, I won't start off the, the, the recording on the wrong foot here, so so I'll, I'll keep with the tea for, for now. But um, uh, yeah, Andrew, let's let's get to, to know you a little bit more. For uh, Hopefully for some of our listeners, you are a familiar name and, uh, and a voice and maybe even a face because... Um, Craft beer professionals is is becoming a, a stable and an important part of the craft beer community, especially in the in the U.S. But um, uh, getting to know you a little bit, uh, from my understanding, your background and your education is within marketing, right? That's correct. I went to school for marketing for a long time. I thought I was going to be a concert promoter. Then I ended up running a food service for a long time, where I got to work at stadiums and arenas all across the U.S., which was a great opportunity mm. to travel and meet a lot of people. All right, so uh, uh, a music uh, uh, doing music marketing. What kind of uh, music are your uh, are your go tos then? Oh boy! So my my favorite is a guy named Butch Walker. Uh, he was in a band called The Marvelous Three here in the '90s, and they actually just reunited. So that's gonna be fun. But give me everything from a little pop rock to some heavy punk rock, and that makes me yeah. happy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you mentioned you you're doing a little bit of uh, a little bit of, of food service uh, work there as well, and. And uh, what I sort of uh, observed from from afar is that it's always to do a little bit with uh, everything has to do a little bit with uh, with creating a uh, a space of events or happenings or gatherings and anything that's been sort of a theme throughout your your uh, professional life, um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm super passionate about connecting with people and creating an experience. And I started working for the food service and we worked at like baseball games. When I was 16 years old, I literally started selling snow cones. Do you sell snow cones in Norway? No, you'll find it, but you won't find it at any sports events, that's for sure. So that was something I started selling when I was 16 years old. It was my first job. And I quickly learned that I had to stand out. If I wanted to mm. sell the most at the baseball games I was working, I had to do something different. And at that time, I would wear Converse. You know, I had one foot that was red, one foot that was black. I'd wear some high socks. You know, even a few years later, I had bright red fire engine hair. Yeah. So it was all about trying to stand out because when you stand out, you're going to be part of that experience. And Working at the food service and working at events for nearly 20 years, whether you're at a baseball game, a hockey game, or a concert, it's mm. so much more than just the game or yeah. the band yeah. on stage. It's about every little thing that happens. And I kind of took that philosophy when I got into the beer world. When I first launched Secret Hopper, it's a mystery shopping company for breweries. The whole premise was you have to do more than just make great beer. And when mm. we first launched that in 2017, you know, it's funny. There was only, you know, 5,000 breweries here in yeah. the United <laughs> States. And, you know, now we almost have 10,000 breweries here in the States. And, you know, it's hard to believe that just back then the whole premise was for many breweries that if you just make a good beer, people will come. But yeah. as we've seen over the years, just like you've mentioned, it's all about creating that experience as you bring people together and build those relationships. And I think businesses here in the States have really invested a lot more in that overall experience, you know, versus only just a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're, you're touching on something important there. I remember when I just got into the professional side of, of beer, there was an um, 
American named Edis Vera. He um, is the owner of a brewery in Denmark called Mitfins Brighus. And he came from the, the New York scene, um, working in Comedy Cellar and, and stuff like that. And he's, he said, it doesn't matter how good your beer is. You can make the, the best beer in the world, uh, but if nobody uh, knows about it, then uh, you're not going to have any sales. And I think you're you're touching on something very important there to, to create uh, more than just a good product. You need to be uh, to be standing out a little bit more. And you nailed it. I mean, you know, running a brewery is also running the business. So understanding the marketing side of things, the finance side of things, just the relationship side of things is so important. You can make the mm. best beer in the world, as you mentioned, but if you don't know how to sell it, you don't know how to fill your tap room with guests, it's all for nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So, so uh, you went from making snow cones when you were you were sixteen uh, through this the food service and everything. But where did your your in interest for for beer start? Yeah, a really great question. So, you know, ever since I turned twenty one and maybe a little bit before, I always enjoyed beer. You know, I would go on vacations and go to breweries, visit tap rooms locally. I remember here in Norfolk, Virginia, when our first brewery opened up, you know, probably eleven, twelve years ago, mm. I was there for the grand opening. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was a home brewer. I appreciated it. I love trying new things. So it's always been something in my adult life that was an important part of, you know, was one it was a hobby, it became a passion. And it became something that I'm like, you know, do I want to open a brewery one day like any home brewer thought? I didn't end up going that route. But, you know, as I mentioned, as the industry grew here in the States, I saw an opportunity to provide value to help breweries be more successful. So yeah. it was, you know, it's always phenomenal when you can take something you love to be around and make it what you do all the time. You know, whether yeah. you're doing something like I do or you're a home brewer who ends up working or founding their own brewery, it's fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I agree. A lot of work, but still fantastic. <laughs> and and that brings me to sort of the first um, specific uh, beer job that you have when you started um, in the spring of uh, 2017, Secret Hopper. Like you mentioned, it's a mystery shopping and, and consulting company that you're you're running. But um, what was the uh, uh, what was your business idea to to bring out to the world? Yeah, well, first off, I have to say you're fantastic about doing your research. So yeah. <laughs> lots of credit goes to you Thanks. on that one. Thank you. So that idea, you know, came out in a few different ways. I, I was talking to some friends who had worked in the beer industry, and they're talking about going to their tap room. And the experience mm -hmm. of them walking in their tap room was almost like a blur. They did it every day yeah. on repeat. It became just a grind versus something where they were looking at the little details. So yeah. that was really interesting to me. When the taproom manager tells me that they're just kind of seeing it as a place of work versus focusing on the little details, it showed me and you know opened my eyes to, well, maybe we should be looking at these details because when a guest comes in for the first time, that's what they're going to be paying attention to. For sure. And it's important to look at it through their lens so we can fine tune and maximize that experience for them. So at that point in my life, I was always brainstorming unique ideas. I was very entrepreneurial, but as you mentioned, running that food service, that was my full-time job at the time. I was always creating unique ideas, but I was never really following through because you know, I was making the decisions with that company. It, yeah. I didn't own the company, but it was like I, I did. So mm -hmm. that was an opportunity for me to kind of essentially run my own first business without having ownership. So that was an awesome opportunity. But then my wife was always the one I would bounce these ideas off of. Yeah. <laughs> you know, drinking lots of beer, talking to my friends in the industry, I just all the gears are turning in my head. So one day when she was working at an animal hospital, I shot her this text message and she was so used to me having these crazy <laughs> off the wall ideas. So I, I said, hey, Stacy, I've got this great idea for a business. It's going to be a mystery shopping company for breweries. 
and we're going to call it Secret Hopper. And you know, if you have an iPhone, you see the dots appear when someone starts to type. You see the dots <laughs> yeah. go in, you see the dots go out, the in go out. Then finally, she messaged me back, that's stupid. Yeah. So <laughs> at this point in time, she's very appreciative and she's a partner in crime with me on this. But, you know, like any good entrepreneur, when someone tells you, oh, you're not going to do yeah. that, you buy the domain name, you plan out the business, and you don't know what's going to happen. But your energy level is through the roof. You stay up countless nights just making this happen. And that was in May 2017, and we haven't looked back since then. Mm. <laughs> I love it. It's uh, And also, I think if if you would send that text to anybody else except your wife, maybe you wouldn't have like fired up so much as... Uh, as as you did, I know that uh, I know that feeling from uh, my own wife. That's why I said, <laughs> <laughs> and and I think um, uh, what you're touching on there is something important because usually you're doing you're doing your best, right? But you're doing a lot when you run a brewery. So uh, if you're uh, if you're in the, the space all the time, you don't see the small details, and um, sometimes you maybe don't know what to do. And I think uh, that springs us into the other business that you started a couple of months later, which is the craft beer professional, where uh, you actually started a, a network for craft beer professionals. Yeah. So when I launched Secret Hopper, you know, I knew a few people in my local beer community, but but not many. I mean, at that point in time, there was definitely a lot less breweries in the area here in Virginia. Yeah. And one thing that surprised me was that there wasn't a place specifically on social media where people like you and I and others working in the craft beer industry, specifically at that point in time here in the United States, we definitely have yeah. international members at this point. But I was surprised it wasn't a place where I could talk to others in the industry. People were going to things like the Craft Brewers Conference or state guild events, you know, once, maybe twice a year to connect. But after they connected at those events, they said, hey, I'll see you later next year, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And they weren't having conversations with people just like themselves daily. So I simply created craft beer professionals to bring people together, to keep mm -hmm. those conversations going year round. Because, you know, even in 2017, there were struggles that we're all facing. People were looking yeah. for strategies for success. It's nice to talk to other people and to simply know that you're not alone. So at one mm. point in time, I was literally the only member of Craft Beer Professionals. And it's been crazy to watch it grow to over 16,000 people here now and just to see the conversations that take place. Because I know, mm. you know, I'm very much a generalist in the world of beer. I'm not a professional brewer. I'm not a brewery owner. But every day I go to Craft Beer Professionals, I learn something from someone. And it yeah. makes me feel so great, you know, when someone tells me, that they check it before they go to bed and they wake up and they check it again in the morning because you know they're staying on top of essentially like the pulse of craft beer and people's current pain points, people's current successful, you know, ideas. And it's a community where people are sharing and asking questions. And mm -hmm. I learn just as much as the next person. I'm very, very lucky. Yeah, I think that's um, so. So Plato is an industry partner of of craft beer professionals, and I it's a little bit of the motivation for for us as well is to to know what's going on, listen to to the community, get some inspiration. Even though the majority of people within uh, your network is is brewers, prof professional brewers or brewery owners, there's always something to learn for from from the industry uh, colleagues. And I think. Um, Gathering it in the way that you've done is a very, very smart thing. You're doing so. Just uh, let's just run quickly, and I say that with air quotes here. Uh, what you're doing because it's quite a lot, but um, uh, of course uh, you do a lot of educational content, uh, blog posts. You have a podcast. Um, you have community events um, and uh, two bigger conferences throughout the throughout the year. Um, which which of them do you think? brings 
the most amount of value for someone within a network and why? So first off, I don't think that's a fair question. <laughs> because, you know, it's our goal to provide value year round. And when we first started with the education, it was like one educational session once a week. We've upped yeah. that to two. We started doing virtual conferences. And I absolutely love the virtual conferences because mm. not everybody has the opportunity to go to in-person events. There's definitely mm. barriers to entry. It's travel. It's cost. It's time. It, it's w different things that prevent people from going to these wonderful in-person events. And, mm. you know, I'm lucky enough to be going to the Craft Brewers Conference in a few weeks. And it's a great opportunity to see people. But not everybody in our industry has that opportunity. So no. the virtual conferences are definitely there from everyone for the, you know, brewery owner who still wants to learn to the two-day-a-week bartender who the brewery owner might not be sending to a CBC or a CBP yeah. Connect. So we love the accessibility of our in-person events. And, you know, it's fantastic to do those. But I also do love the in-person events that we've created because so often at other larger industry events, you might see each other in a crowded tap room. It's really loud. It's hard, mm. hard to have a real conversation. One of the greatest goals we have for our events, CBP Connects, which is Milwaukee this June 19th to 21st and later this year in Charleston, South Carolina, is to bring people together in an intimate setting where they can build deep relationships. And I really stress mm. deep relationships, not just you know, a quick passing, but you get to know someone at night one. Day mm. two, you're learning together. And by the day two, you're becoming friends. And day three, after you've learned together through the interactive workshops and had one more nightly reception where you've shared a few beers, you not only have someone you can reach out to for advice in the future and stay connected with, who's probably a lot like yourself, but you have a friend, you know, it's so much about relationships. And something you touched on earlier was, you know, Plato's a fantastic partner to CBP. And for industry relationships like that, I believe all Often the industry gets seemed as, you know, it's only the brewers, it's only the type yeah. of managers and only people who work on the brewing side of things. But for us, the industry is made up of everybody who provides some sort of unique value. So it's our goal to provide value for everyone, no matter what your role is in the industry. And these in-person events, they definitely take that virtual network we've created. And, you know, you and I have connected here today, but now we already know each other. When we see each other in person, is taking that relationship to the next level. So I like both of our events, the virtual and in-person, on a different level because they don't provide, they each provide unique values. But, you know, I, of course, love to see everybody in any capacity we can, what's yeah. ever available to them. So so what do you think, because you're doing this, this is your, your, your full-time job, uh, and you're creating a, a, a network, uh, creating opportunities for, for 1,600 people, as you mentioned. But there is a lot of people not within a network like yours or thinking like this. What are, what are they missing out by not uh, being active in their networking, not only for like meeting during a festival and sharing a few beers and doing a collaboration, but like proper networking, more structured and more professional? What are they missing out on? Yeah, in so many industries, nearly every industry, networking is a common thing. And I was shocked that people weren't networking at a high level in the beer industry. And I think that's changed a lot over the years, especially for the ability to do it so simply online. Mm. But it's building relationships and just learning. You know, when we talk to the same people over and over again in our local community, it often turns into ideas just getting recycled. I think it's really important to talk to people outside of your normal network because they're going to have something that they can offer you. You know, if you're a taproom manager in Virginia and you're talking to a taproom manager in California, they might throw out an idea that you've never considered that you could try here in your local market. So I believe, you know, 
the internet brings us the ability to connect daily, instantaneously, and just share ideas that we might not normally think of. And I think that's really important because if we just live in a bubble, you know, we're not going to innovate. You know, having this community allows us to connect with so many people who can inspire us to do more. So for people not currently connecting with others outside of the network, I think it's really important to expand your horizons because there's so much we can learn from one another. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the the things which is most inspiring for me doing this podcast uh, with Plato is the fact that I get to talk to people uh, not only in the U.S. or not only in Norway, but actually talking to people in the U.K., listening on how are they are doing things, talking to people in Japan, how are their market, how are they solving their uh, challenges and uh, and uh, and creating new ideas. Because if 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 you're brutally honest here, Andrew. Is there a beer which has never been brewed before? Isn't just everything just a copy of a copy of a copy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so often it does become that way. But the desire to innovate and the more conversations we have, the more we can get inspired by talking to others, it'll challenge us to kind of test the limits of craft beer. And, you know, looking at just the beer industry a decade ago, you saw very traditional styles here, especially in the States. And you know, I still love those traditional styles, but through innovation over the years and what we've learned from other people, the daringness, the, the willingness to test the boundaries, be different. You, you see a lot of different offerings in tap rooms. You see events that you've never seen before a decade ago, but it's the mm -hmm. willingness to try things for the first time and take a chance that allows us to be better. And, you know, when I talk to a lot of tap room managers, events are a very important aspect of so many breweries here in the States to create, you know, those memorable experiences. And my philosophy when it comes to tap room events is you, you've got that slow Tuesday night. You have those same regulars who come sitting at your bar. This is mm -hmm. your opportunity try something different try that crazy wacky idea that you've always wanted to try but never pulled the trigger on because guess what if you try it you promote it correctly it could be a success you could transform that tuesday night into something a lot more than just those 10 regulars at the bar but guess what you know if you try something like that and it's just a complete flop you probably still have those same 10 regulars at the bar. So you yeah. really have to take a chance to innovate both in the beer side of things, but also in the experience side of things. Yeah. I think you're, you're touching a very, very central point there, both with the beers and the events and, and how to create attention. It's um, uh, I've, I've been doing this for a decade uh, and a decade plus, And I know for a fact that when I got into this as a professional um, back in 2008, 2009, there was nobody that was doing what we were doing at that uh, at that point. And I figured, all right, who have done this for some time? And I always look to the U.S. to to find ideas. But at this point, uh, I find that uh, a lot of American um, beer professionals are looking outside of the U.S. to get an idea because, yeah, it's uh, of, of course big pond, of course, a lot of fishes. You can learn a lot from the different fishes, but if you go to a totally different pond, you will get totally different impulses. And uh, yeah, just uh, just talking on the on the previous podcast, creating seltzer with um, with uh, sake yeast, um, getting those ideas. That's that's um, that's really what can can make a, a place special. So so how is you're, you're mentioning the the specific uh, the specific things that you're doing um, uh, with CBP, but how are you trying to uh, create this sort of of creativity and uh, the sharing of ideas uh, within your network, just to give people a bit of a, a, a an insight into what's going on if they're not already a member. 
So to make sure I'm understanding correctly, so you know, how are we creating this community that provides the level of insight? That's what you're asking? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I created it because it didn't exist. There wasn't a place where people were sharing ideas. And the more people we can bring from different backgrounds to community, it brings more perspectives to crappy professionals. And mm. just like Tapper Manager of Virginia talking to the one in California, it opens the idea to, you know, open your eyes and get that inspiration from somewhere you're not typically looking. Like you mentioned, you look across to the state sometimes and we look across to other countries. You know, if we're just simply talking to the people around us, we're once again going to recycle those ideas. And that's been the whole premise to the community to, you know, find ways to start these conversations and keep them going. And, you know, we, we see it's like a quarter million interactions each year. People are engaging and they're just questioning one another. They're offering ideas to one another. They're asking questions to get feedback because people want to learn. And mm -hmm. I believe, you know, professional development in our industry is huge. You know, it brewers and people on the business side of the industry, they want to grow. They need to better themselves. So through engaging in the conversations, through watching educational sessions, through going through certification programs, through taking other courses, to becoming a Cicerone, through, through doing things like that, they're going to better themselves. The more we can better ourselves with our knowledge of, you know, brewing better, innovating, but also running a business, we're going to see greater success as an industry as a whole. Mm. So it's happening more organically now that the platform is established. Oh, absolutely. So, so the, then to, to move it move it along, if you look past your already established uh, platform, uh, if a brewery is listening to this and they're saying, uh, you know what, sounds fantastic, Andrew sounds like a great guy, but I'm a little bit unsure if that's my path. Uh, do you have any advice for uh, for the, the listeners in terms of if they want to start a network either locally or within a specific niche that they're doing? Do you have any good advice to to bring to them? Yeah. So even before I started Craft Beer Professionals, I would meet with a group of local entrepreneurs here in Virginia every Thursday afternoon. And of course, we met at a brewery. And these were people from all different backgrounds. There was college professors there. There was people in the military. There's people who ran you know, international businesses. And I love going to this meetup because there was always something that I would learn. Even if I just stayed quiet, sip my beer and listen for an hour, I would have that one takeaway or some sort of inspiration that I could apply to my life and be better. And for me, the networking component is huge. And you don't have to be a member of a community like Crafty Professionals, but I believe it is very important to talk to others. You know, if you're mm -hmm. simply just talking to those at your brewery, I think that that's a barrier to, you know, scaling. It's a barrier to growing more successful. You know, if you're looking to start small, simply find a handful of others in your community who are doing similar things to you or perhaps even different things for inspiration and have that, you know, weekly, have that monthly meetup where you're just checking in with one another. You're saying, hey, you know, what are your wins this week? What are your current pain points? And see what they have to say. You know, it's almost a group of built-in coaches and mentors where you can learn mm -hmm. something. And that's how I feel about my Thursday meetup. You know, the Thursday meetup, there might only be, you know, four or five people, but I know I walk away with something I can apply to my life. So I believe just connecting with people in general is really huge. And another thing that I really enjoy is, you know, I'm talking about connecting with a lot of people, but also look outside of our own industry for inspiration. Look at companies that are doing great in the marketing world. Look at companies who are in the beverage space who are doing something that's really impressing you. What can you learn from them? You know, for me, the subscription model fascinates me. You know, mm -hmm. we all are constantly, you know, subscribing to things like Netflix, Spotify, and our credit cards being charged monthly. 
what are some of these practices we can take from other industries that could work in craft beer? So whether it's your local community, you have a networking event that you go to, whether it's an internet community, whether it's just looking to other industries for inspiration, I believe that's so important. And Mm-hmm. One thing that I, I also do, I take a ton of notes. I have a little notepad yeah. I carry everywhere. I leave notes in my phone. I probably leave too many, but these are little things. I could be listening to an audio book. I'm like, oh my gosh, what that person just said is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm looking for inspiration in uncommon places. I'm always trying to better myself personally because at the end of the day, when I'm having conversations, even ones just like this, I hope I can learn something from you that I can pass on to someone else that they can find value. Hmm. It's um. Uh, I agree with. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly with uh, with everything you're saying there. It's um, um. It might not be the easiest thing to prioritize, but um, uh, to do it, I think it's um. Uh, it will be more than worth the time that's uh, that is spent uh, on uh, on actually using the energy and the time that it takes to to create a. Uh, I don't know the right English word for it, but a place where you can can grow and learn um, in ways that you couldn't if you were only in your same little cocoon. I think that's uh... something you said really resonates with me. I mean, it takes time. You can't just say, hey, I'm going to meet up with some people like me in the beer world and we're going to meet one time. If you do it one time, that's great. I'm sure you're going to have a great conversation, but it takes commitment. You know, things like professional development should be on your schedule it with some frequency. And for me, I live by my calendar. And if it's on there, I'm pretty much always going to do it unless my (laughs) three-year-old pulls me aside for some important reason. But, you know, you have to dedicate the time to professional development, whether it's, you know, simply just listening to a podcast about beer industry things where you can learn to be a better brewer, or it's Mm -hmm. that hour every couple weeks you put on your calendar to meet with others just like you. You really have to dedicate that time and make it a routine. Early in this conversation, you mentioned habits and habits are so important to set. When you set these habits, you don't think about it. The more you do it, the easier it becomes. And Mm. it's so important to make these habits part of your routine because you're going to see the benefit. The more you do it, the more value you're going to see and experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think it's um, to create a good, uh, yeah, to to create a good network, there needs to be a a relation and with a relation there will come uh, trust. You need to be open. You need to, to learn, you need to be able to share and, and contribute. So um, it is more, I think it's more of a, uh, an active process than people really think about, but uh, they—I uh, would say—the majority do not have it as a habit, as you as you mentioning, because it's just something you do, and usually you do it uh, at the loud bar or at the festival or at the uh, CBC or something like that. So it's a good insight that you bring it to the table there. And brewery owners, they're busy, right? They wear so many different hats. And so often you get caught in any business just putting out the fires. But when you dedicate that time for you, I mean, it could be something, you know, like going to a meetup like we're talking today or going to CBP to learn something in the comment section. But it could be something as simple as waking up in the morning and having some sort of routine that, you know, gives you that peace of mind, time to reset where you can just kind of pick back time and focus on ways that you can grow both personally and professionally. And these are really important habits to have in your life. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, so let's uh, nearing the, the the end of the, the, the podcast here, but uh, I want you to plug a little bit about this uh, CBP Connects. And you're mentioning you have it in Milwaukee and Charleston in June and December. Um, so both sides of, uh, of the year there, but what can 
can people that are are interested in, of course, learning more at craftbearerprofessionals.org. I'll put the, the link in the show notes. But what can they expect when they get to uh, to these two conferences? Well, Milwaukee is a great beer city. There's a lot of history there. And our workshop's going to be in an old historic Paps brewery. So that's mm. going to be an awesome space by itself. We're going to spend some time at three great Milwaukee breweries. But what I love about this event is how interactive it is. Just to give you an idea. So last year when everybody arrived in St. Louis, we had people from nearly 30 different states from across the country and even a few Canadians to make it a little bit international. Yeah. <laughs> so the first activity we did together, and I say activity because these events, it's not just looking at slides for an hour and saying, okay, well, that was cool. It's engaging with those around you. So when everybody first arrived, I divided it into everybody. I divided everybody of teams of strangers. You were meeting people you never met before, and I gave you a challenge. I gave you arts and craft supplies, and you had to build a brewery out of these children's arts and crafts supplies <laughs> and present it in front of the group. So immediately you met people you never had known before, but you were doing something together. It was like a team building activity towards a common goal. And everybody loved it. The energy was fantastic. And that really set the tone for the event because we have 12 interactive workshops over those two days. And you're not just going to look at slides like I mentioned, but you're going to be engaging with the speakers. You're going to be engaging with those around you. We're going to be learning together and you're going to walk away with actionable strategies that are going to make mm. you have greater skills for success. So that's the interactive component there. But like I mentioned, there's the reception component where you're spending nights with people, not just five minutes here, five minutes there. You're getting intimate time to get to know people and build relationships. So that's what we're really looking forward to in Milwaukee. We're looking forward to doing it again in Charleston, South Carolina. I've actually never been to Charleston, South Carolina before. They've got a growing beer scene. They're very excited for us to be there and showcase South Carolina to the craft beer community. And that's really our goal, to go into markets where they want us to go there, where they might not have educational opportunities, where they see this has added value to their members. And, you know, it's very cool for us because we're bringing together people from all across the country and they're getting excited to learn. And the people who are coming to CBP Connects, they're there, not just there to take notes and sit back. They're there to build relationships. And that's truly what CBP is all about, building relationships. And we're, we're there to learn. We're there to network. But at the end of the day, the more we can learn from one another, the stronger we're going to grow together. Yeah. I like how your journey has gone from marketing, which is creating feelings, to uh, creating feelings around brand or an event or anything, and then now actually executing uh, through the um, uh, through the different things that you're doing. And I think it's uh, it's a very nice path you're on. And I am very lucky. I mean, I spend my days, majority of the time on Zoom, just getting to know people in our industry wearing all different hats. So mm. I'm very lucky to be in this position. You know, once again, I enjoy seeing everybody virtually, but there definitely is something special about actually being in the same tap room with someone sharing a beer. Yeah, no, I I agree that. Um, Andrew, I'm not going to take uh, more of your time. Uh, I have learned a lot. Hopefully, the listeners have uh, have as well. And if they they want to learn more, absolutely check out uh, craftbeerprofessionals.org. Like I said, link I'll put that in the show notes. Um, and you'll be at uh, CBC as uh, as well uh, in uh, in a few days' time. I will be at CBC, and our buddies in Plato. We're doing a reception together at Jackalope Brewing Company 
on May 7th, which is going to be a fantastic time. I can't wait to see everybody there. So if you're abroad and coming to the States, I hope to see you in Nashville. Consider taking the trip, coming to Milwaukee. It's a fun beer city, lots of great beer, lots of great people. But this has been a great opportunity today. Thank you so much. And thank you for your time, Andrew. Talk soon. Cheers. Thank you for coming with me to Norfolk and uh, talking to Andrew from Craft Bear Professional. As uh, you know, this podcast will take you all over the world of fermentation. So we appreciate having you with us on this journey. And uh, we're thinking of uh, doing a nice little season finale, doing a live podcast from our offices in June. So don't forget to subscribe to get all the episodes of this very first season of Another Round with Play-Doh. And as always, you know what it is. Sharing is caring. So uh, do share this podcast with a friend and uh, help them get better with the networking skills with the good tips from Andrew. Until next time, have fun, drink well, and take care. Thank you.